Hi everybody, welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. I am so glad to be back here and I'm glad you're here too. I want to also welcome everybody who is just stopping by. This is your first time here. I pray that this message will be a blessing to you and that the Lord will truly speak to your heart wherever the seeds may land. And of course, welcome back to everybody who frequents here and is part of the body of Christ. We are all members of one body, right? So I just want to make a little mention about something. Many of you have been reaching out to me and saying, Joni, what's happening to my comments? They're disappearing. And I feel so bad about that, but there's nothing I can do about that because, um, Obviously, it's not me doing it. That's why I'm here to tell you it's not me doing it and it's YouTube doing it. So I truly apologize to you for that. So I just thank you for your patience in that. And well, I guess I'll go on. <laughs> I'm going to begin by praying and then I want to share with you what is just so moving in my heart. And I pray it will move in yours too. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another beautiful day. Lord, it's beautiful because you are the day spring that does arise in our hearts, that you bring forth your judgment to light every morning, that you command your loving kindness every morning and your faithfulness every night. And Lord, I just pray that you will reveal yourself in these words, knowing that I'm imperfect and but I thank you that I'm imperfect and that you would take this word, Lord, and you would move in my heart and speak to those, Lord, giving them ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying. Lord, I decrease that you will increase. And I commit this to into your hands in your wonderful name, Jesus name. Amen. I want to talk to you today about conviction. And when we think about conviction, obviously, it's always in regards to sin. In fact, the first time we came to the Lord, I can speak for myself, after hearing the good news of the gospel, I didn't have to have anybody to convince me that I needed to ask God to forgive me. And it wasn't just this head. knowledge. a lot of people do it just from, okay, okay, I can, I confess I'm a sinner. No, there's no conviction there. But I remember having in the beginning a true, true heart rending as much as I could as a young person conviction. And that I no longer wanted to sin anymore. Well, that's the reason I'm here today to talk to you about conviction. And I want to talk about the two, the flip side of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. How it begins, how it carries us, how we need conviction. And it goes a whole lot deeper as I was thinking about it. So I was thinking about the word where it says in John 16, verse 8 through 11. And when he has come, which is the Holy Spirit, 
He will reprove or convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I'm just going to take those words today. There's more to that, but I just really want to focus on what I just read to you right now. And that conviction is the first thing that we come into contact with, with the Holy Spirit, because he, our sin is the contact point with God and ever is in many ways all the time as you go along, as we go along our way. I remember just like being so convicted of my sin and not having uh, condemnation upon me. I remember it being a sweet conviction where I wanted to run to Christ. I wanted to bow down before God and tell him, I am a sinner and I ask you to forgive me. But as time marched on and being the age I am now, I can really look back from such a better vantage point about conviction. And I just, I really thought about it over the last few days about conviction and how we just, rubber stamp it like a big stamp on just sin, right? And we should always be convicted of sin. And I believe those that live nearest to Christ and are, now I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about you have a heart that loves the Lord and, and you're in the Bible and you're lit, you, you just have a heart that's just in love with God. There's a natural wanting to be clean with him. It happens, if you will allow me to use the word osmosis, but it really does. It just happens where you become very sensitive that you are a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And that there is a growth in that conviction. Because you see, that's just the entering conviction of your life and mine. And we came that way. It says, well, I'll read it more. It says, of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So when we entered in with the conviction of sin and we were forgiven, you know, I think it's better if I just use my own analogy, like myself, instead of trying to say me and the world, my experience with that is, I always settled on the fact that conviction was only for sin, that even the enemy took conviction and started to hit me over the head with it. Like, oh, I'm being convicted. Everything I'm doing is wrong. And if we are not careful, that conviction that is from the Holy Spirit can be misused by the enemy who will come and tell us and tell you Look what you've done wrong. Look what you've done wrong. And so many of us, I know I've done it myself. I remember just beating myself up. Oh, I'm so convicted. Oh, I'm so convicted. I was convicted over this. I was convicted over that until I grew up and I realized that it was just me beating my own self down and that I was really listening more to an enemy voice than to believe what the word has said. Now, once I was convicted of sin and I was forgiven. Of course, I went out. I was young. Of course, I fell a bunch of times. Of course, I did a bunch of terrible things. Of course, of course, of course, 
checklist, checklist, checklist. But you see, when the Holy Spirit met me first, it says he, he convicts the world of sin. He comes in to first convict the world of sin. And then after that, he comforts the person once they're born again. That's when he sends the comforter into your heart. But you first have to meet the convincer, the convictor of sin. He comes into the world for that. And so what I see is what he does in the beginning. He carries it on through the life until the very end. And that conviction becomes so beautiful. And it's not meant to grind us down into powder and to make us slaves to always apologizing. I know so many Christians and so many sincere hearted believers. All I ever hear from them is I constantly am apologizing to God. I'm constantly asking him to forgive me. I feel so convicted. And so they live this life in these false chains and these chains of conviction that God doesn't put chains on you. The conviction of sin comes with comfort. It comes with um, a new beginning. It comes with uh, the washing of your sins away, the forgiveness of sins. And when a person is truly, truly born again, I, I do believe that there's an entering into your born again, being born again. I don't believe like there's this, okay, I'm born again. I I, re, I confessed my sins. I repeated a prayer and now I'm in. No, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that at all. I do believe that there there is a, a, an entering, a sincerity. If you are truly, truly um, met by the Holy Spirit, he is the light of the world. Jesus Christ is a lot of the world, but he sends his spirit and he puts light in your heart. He puts light. He's always light in you and he will expose whatever part is dark within you and me. And he will convict us and convince us, but it always comes with a hand held out. Like it says in Isaiah, though he was angry with them, yet um, his hand is stretched out still. You say, God might be, God is not anything that we make him to be. And so, like, for instance, some of you have been raised in a terrible household where you were lived in nothing more than a punitive environment. And so consequently, you grow up and you don't really realize that you're constantly saying, God, I'm so sorry. I'm such a failure. God, I'm so sorry. I did it again. God, I'm so sorry. I'm so convicted. And then you're still a slave. You have made yourself a slave because what you're doing is you're continuing the punitive uh, life, the 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 way your parents taught uh, treated you. Maybe it was one parent that was very hard on you, always punishing you, always you know what I mean. Because some parents take it too far. And so when the person grows up, they carry on, they take with them, I'll take over for, in other words, I'll take over for you, dad or mom, and I'll continue to punish you for me for the rest of my life. So it's an ingrained thing that you're always bad, that you're always blowing it, that you can never get anything right, that you can never live up to the expectations of God. But you see, you got it all wrong. And that conviction is being misused in your life. See, the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin. He comes first to do that. 
when Jesus says, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. And then because you're in the world now, he's going to come to you. And when he convinces you and shows you your sin, it's not to beat you down. It's to set you free. And it's to make a new man or a woman out of you. And what he began in you, he will, he's the first and the last. It's, he's from everlasting to everlasting. And so what he begins in you by conviction is now going to play out now to the good part, which is when you are living a healthy life in Christ. And I'm not talking a perfect life because I believe that the postmodern thought is you've got to go to church. You've got to go to Bible study. Um, you have to do this. You have to do that. And there's all these things. And nobody can ever live up to that because that's the outward appearance of man. But inwardly, there are hearts that are sitting in churches every day and Bible studies every day, whether it's on a Zoom meeting, whether it's at somebody's house, whether it's at a church. And there's this outward, okay, I'm here at seven o'clock. I'm going to bring my notes. I'm going to take notes. And yet the inside of that person's heart and people's hearts are weighed down and very heavy because they need to be free and they need to be told you don't have to live up to everything that the system puts upon you. I know that with Jesus, he makes things easy, not cheap. I'm not talking about a cheap grace because a person that is convicted of sin, if you are truly convicted of sin, you're going to hate that sin. You're going to hate it so much because the Holy Spirit will bring a contrast on that sin you were you were in or the sin that you were doing to the point you will hate it so much because you re will remember the shame it brought you in, even internal shame that nobody else knew you were ashamed of. Because you have an outward appearance that you're holy and you're happy and and you're speaking Christianese and you're fist bumping your brothers and sisters. But inside, your heart is full of shame, full of conviction, full of it. And you feel like you can never be free. I'm telling you, listen to me. Jesus Christ sends his Holy Spirit into the world to convict the world of sin, then he comes to you to convict you personally, because I believe this, and it's really scriptural. Yes, he says he convicts the world of sin, but Jesus also says to his father in John 17, Father, I do not pray for the world, but for them that thou hast given to me. They are yours, and I have kept them by that name you have given unto me that none be lost. Here's the good side of conviction. You see, as you go along the way, you keep stubbing your toe on sin and transgressions and falling and rising again. You just keep getting better. You, you, you grow up into Christ. It's not a rubber stamp. You're growing up into Christ. And then you start doing things like when you, like, for instance, um, I was reading today about Moses in Psalm 106. And this is the account of the people, uh, the Israelites in the wilderness and how they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. He sent them their requests and sent leanness unto their soul, you know, the quail in the camp. And so um, 
it says here in verse 23, therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. And then it goes on further to say that they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. They murmured, they hearkened not, and so forth. They joined themselves also into Baal Peor and ate the sacrifices of the, of the dead. And they provoked him to anger with their inventions and the plague break in upon them. Verse 30, then stood up Phineas and executed judgment. And so the plague was stayed. And I think, you know, conviction has two meanings. One, you're convicted by something so strongly, you're resolute in it. You're going to stand up in it. If everybody disagrees with you, if the whole world disagrees with you, once you're convicted about a truth, see, now this is the good part. Once you've been convicted about the truth, this is experiential. You know, I said to you a couple videos ago that there's so many dead sermons I've heard. Like, I want to hear a good sermon. I want the living water, but it's so dead because it lacks the authenticity of experience. There's no evidence of experience. It's just a bunch of fine sounding words and copy and pasted memorized sayings, but there's no living water. There's no living breath of life into it. It's just dead words. But once you've been through something, are you not convicted of the truth of it? Where it makes you stand in it, where you go, I don't care what anybody thinks or says. I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Because you see, can, when you're convict, convicted of a truth, it's going to give you a power conviction of faith. And it all is about believing God. And you're not going to believe God until you go through some suffering. And you go through losses. And you go through things. Otherwise, nothing is tested. And it's never going to be known what you're truly convicted of. Whom you believe. See, everything has to be tested. Your love. Your faith. Your, your believing. See, conviction is, I like how Spurgeon says it. He says, those are God's officers of the court. I like what it says here when in John chapter 8, when the woman was caught in, in the act of adultery and the Pharisees brought her to Jesus and they said, hey, we caught her in the very act of adultery trying to catch him in his words. Like, what are you going to do about it? You know, you're always going around doing good. And, and how are you going to, like, how are you going to get out of this one? We're going to try and trap you. And he stooped down and began to rot on the ground. And then they said a few more words to him. And then he stooped down again and he continued writing. And it says in verse nine, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And it says, and they which heard it, that means he was, you know what I believe? 1713 of Jeremiah says, your sins will be written in the earth. And I believe that's a prophecy that he was fulfilling right in this very verse, that he was writing down their sins. And 
obviously it says they which heard it meant that they were able to read it. So they were probably saying it, whatever those sins were out loud, adultery and all kinds of other filthy sins. And as they began to hear it, it says they being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one. Notice how being convicted by their own conscience. You see, your conscience is God's officer. That is how God convicts people that are not saved yet. He speaks to them. He pricks their conscience, meaning he cuts into their conscience. A light comes in it goes in there into their conscience and it exposes what's in there and once that is exposed that that conscience can't take it have you ever been convicted in your conscience i have it's horrible and when we are convicted now that we're born again if you're born again and you're convicted oh you're more than convicted than in your conscience you're convicted in your spirit you'll run to make it right so it says beginning at the eldest even into the last you know what I think? Here we have it. Though this is where he's talking about Pharisees, I take it to mean this, that what he has began in you with conviction, he will carry through you even to the oldest person that is his. And it says, and even unto the last, that means the younger, younger and the rest of them younger, because there were some young men there. And they left. They couldn't stand it. Even in their own conscience, they had nothing to say. See, this is what conviction does. It purges and it purifies you. It's not to beat you down. It's to bring you in to be cleansed by God, by the forgiveness of your sins. And once you're forgiven, you feel like you're in a brand new day. Everything seems brighter and your faith. Now you have conviction of your faith. Moses was alone with all those people, every one of those people. And he stood alone and he stood up. You know why? Because he believed God and he was convict. He had his convictions of belief. Like I'm going to stand up because I'm convicted in believing that when I talk to him, he's going to stop this. And when we have that kind of conviction, we can we can also do what Phineas did. You can read about that story later. They had just gone through a bunch of judgments from God and thousands of people dying in the desert being judged by God. And as soon as they were judged, um, somebody brought, a young man brought, a Levite brought a stranger in the camp, a Midianite woman and Phineas goes oh no 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 and he took a stave and he ran both of them through he killed them see when you're convicted it says and he stood it says and Phineas then stood up Phineas and executed judgment and so the plague was stated that was accounted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore you see there's something there's an eternal direction I want to point you to. It's not just that you, I always want you guys, listen to me. I, I, I'm begging you. Stop looking horizontally all the time. Have an eternal perspective. Comfort yourself with things that are eternal. What will last? Because when you have that special, beautiful conviction of sin, that's that beautiful conviction of sin 
makes you convicted in righteousness that when you're con- you you have a conviction when you have a conviction in righteousness you are a man and, or woman that stands the test of your time on earth when everything is falling apart around you you're going to feel pain you're going to feel fear you're going to feel it all oh but if you are a man or woman of conviction nothing will budge you you will be firm and you will stand and you will pray to god and you will execute through prayer and you're believing your conviction of belief in god your faith is because you have deep conviction because you're believing in god only goes deeper and deeper and deeper be a person that's convicted because you know you're either like it says you know we also know like convicted okay you've been convicted of a crime now you're going to do some time but you know when the holy spirit convicts he forgives you and when you grow up in that beautiful conviction you become a great man and woman of god you become firm and strong in your faith. You're not a follower. You're not expecting people to spoon feed you. You're a person that's in your own self saying, I know what I have to do. You know, I think of all the times I counted, I read Psalms. I'm not going to look it up right now, but I kept underlining and making a note of every time that it says, but as for me, you know why David said that? Because he had conviction where he said, let them curse, but bless thou. There's so many places in the Bible where you could see lives where there was conviction. You know, look at Zach, look at Zacchaeus. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I must be, go to your house today. And when he spent time with Jesus, he, you know, he was so convicted because when a person is convicted, their life changes forever. If you are being truly convicted by the Holy Spirit, that's the best thing that could ever happen to you. And don't allow anybody, whether it is the enemy in the spirit or enemies in the flesh, that will try to bring you back down to try to rehash things in your life. God forgave you of those things. If God doesn't see them anymore, they don't even exist to him anymore. And you have been made clean and you have been forgiven by him. You know, I said to myself the other day, I said, boy, am I glad that individual is not God. I wouldn't have a chance. It was somebody, something somebody was preaching and it was really harsh. And I started to really think about that conviction where I was like, wow, you know what? I'm even glad I'm not my own God for how many times I have not forgiven myself, convicted my own self, whipped my own self, and God never did. God's not whipping you. You see, the conviction is good. It makes you strong. It gives you fortitude. It gives you a backbone. That's what gives you courage. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. 
you know what? There are a lot of you. You're shy. You're like, oh, you know, I, I don't know. This is kind of like a little side note. You know, I'm thinking right now, it just popped into my head where it says, let me go to Luke. And it's in Luke chapter four. For the spirit of the Lord, you know, it is upon me, right? That, that verse. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the blind, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In another place, uh, John sent his servants unto him to ask him, are you he that should come or do we expect another? He said, you go and you tell John um, that the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk and the dead are raised again. And blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. And, you know, I thought about when you are truly, truly cleansed by God and you are growing up in Christ. I'm growing up in Christ right now. That um, there was a time in my life I couldn't hear the Lord because of sin. Because I was unsaved. And the older I get, the more he gives me ears to hear. You know, it says, the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to give an answer in season unto him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. See, day by day we're growing. He waketh my, he awaketh my ear like that of the learned. So he gives me spiritual hearing where before I was deaf. And he gives me eyesight to see where I see clearer and clearer, right? The path of the just is like the first gleam of dawn, meaning this rising sun that shines more and more, meaning brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. Time to start standing up and saying, I'm not going to be beaten down anymore. That's not God convicting me. That's God. That's Satan condemning me. Remember what Jesus said to that woman? He said, Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. What a perfect picture. Can't you just see yourself? Not that you're an adulterer. Maybe you are. But when it says they all left, every one of them. And it says Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. That's you. He said, woman, where are those thine accusers? And she said, Nowhere, Lord. And he said, go thy way. Thy faith, you know, go thy way and sin no more. You know, and she became his ardent follower. You see, don't try to live up to some religious expectation. You know, and I say this with deep and profound respect, re regard and respect, because I know there's a lot of good pastors out there and they're human and they're doing their thing. But you know what? When Jesus first met you personally, keep it that way. Naked, you came into the earth. And if the rapture doesn't happen in our soon, and maybe you're going to die before then, then naked, you will leave this, this world. Just as we came in, we will go out. And you'll go into a, an eternity. So... Don't let your time be robbed and wasted. 
you know, I know a lot of you, you look at your ministers, maybe you see ministers online and you're like, I wish I was like them. I wish I knew what they did. I wish I can go to you a seminary like them. I wish I, I wish I could be profound and use language like them. You know, I got to say something recently. Um, well, maybe not that recently, but there was a time uh, a while back that I was part of a little group for a short while. And there was, I, the people were nice and I, I thought they were nice. They probably are nice. They are nice. I'm not going to say they're not. Um, they're nice. But for some reason, um, I just felt like, oh, I don't know, like I was just different than them. And maybe they felt like they were different than me. And so I felt like if maybe I toned this down or spoke this way or did something different, that perhaps I may be received better. But I felt like I was losing myself. And... So I decided that I wouldn't be part of that group anymore. And I didn't kick the dust off my feet towards them. I blessed them on my way out. But you know, be yourself. Be yourself around people. And I say that because the more you're your real authentic self, the more your experience will be what you're convicted of. And your conviction will be of what you struggled with, what you failed at, what you were forgiven for, um, that becomes your conviction. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying to you today? Don't, don't try, you know, and, and in this group, this group just kept, they, the whole thing was it kept, um, uh, what is it? They would say, they would quote um, certain theologians, big lengthy theolo theological quotations and they were lovely but yet that group just seemed so cold they were just so ice cold um and i didn't feel that spirit with them of love and i i have difficulty saying that because i'm not their judge and i'm just saying what i experienced but you see it's my experience not yours it's my experience and it's part of my testimony but you want to know what see that rejection I felt from that group, and I was pretty radically rejected, to be honest with you, and um, and it hurt. It hurt. And I even reached out, and they didn't even write back to me, <laughs> and it hurt. But you know what? I worked through it with the Lord, and uh, and I had freedom to bless them. And then it became part of my testimony, and it made me stronger. It gave me a greater conviction to go the way that the Lord has for me and to do his will in my lifetime that God will have all the glory in it and not me. So make sure whatever your conviction is, make sure it's rooted in your own experiences because if you're not yourself, Jesus told me this in my heart. If you're not yourself, people won't believe you. Neither will they listen to you. And so when you're your real self and you speak from only those things that you know that you've experienced, now you're speaking from a potent position of conviction. I think I made my point clear. Thank you so much for listening. 
I pray that the Lord blesses you and brings your life into a great and deep conviction that you be people with great conviction of faith, great conviction of the love of God, and that everything you will think, do, say, and your motives be deeply rooted in the great conviction of your own experiences. Share that and you will see how much fruit your little tree will bear into the Father.